0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with season four, episode 61 as the western and eastern conference finals are getting underway and there is all quiet on the new york rangers front but yeah it is a you know officially turning into summer weather-wise it's getting warmer every day uh the season is trickling uh you know in terms of games there's only one a night which is so sad compared to what we had at the beginning of the playoffs when the new york rangers were in um, but you know, here we are, uh, it's the end of May or approaching the end of May going into June. It's, it's, you know, it's just, this is what, this is what it is. You kind of hope that the Rangers would be here, but here we are, uh, just in the midst of, uh, the conference finals. So I have to ask Andy, how are you
0: doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, I was just telling James off mic that I spent. Uh, most of my weekend, just spring cleaning and uh, scrubbing all the areas that you, you you were too lazy to get on your your knees and dust and scrub for a while. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely wiped from a weekend of getting this uh, my apartment in, in tip-top shape. But it's good. I'm reaping the effects now because uh, it looks good for now until I inevitably make a mess of it again.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's just there's nothing more exhausting and it doesn't even seem like that menial of a task but like there's nothing more exhausting than just having to clean everything it's like you don't even know where to start you get one thing done and then in the midst of doing the one thing you realize this this and that needs to be cleaned so you always feel like you're taking one step forward and three steps back so but i'm glad you got a lot of it done and that out of the way Little little spring cleaning heading in to uh the summertime so um Andy, where do where do we even start? Do should we start? Let's start on the New York Rangers front. Only because I feel like there's not nothing there juicy, but uh, a couple things have happened throughout the league that, you know, I think is is indirectly related to the Rangers. So I do want to hear your thoughts. Uh obviously the first thing we should talk about is the Kyle Dubas uh firing and where that leads uh Mr. Keefe uh in terms of, you know, he I would imagine he's definitely 100% in for an interview for the New York Rangers coaching position. So I want to hear your thoughts on all of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, so... It's it's interesting to see. I would be very shocked if the new GM retains Keefe, although it is possible they might. I mean, you know, listen, playoff success aside, uh, it does seem like especially judging on some of the comments made in the presser after Keith, uh, excuse me, um, after Kyle Dubas dismissal from Brennan Shanahan, that they were pretty happy with the progress that the team had made under the, the Dubas uh, Sheldon Keefe era. But it's just, there's, it seems like there's a lot of moving parts to this one. Um, it seems like, cause we got to rewind kind of to that said press conference. Cause everyone was like, what's the deal here? You know what I mean? Everyone's like, well, I guess they—they were just not happy. Leafs upper management was just saying, if you can't get it done with this core, then that's what you know. This is the person that built this core, and (laughs) there has to be consequences. So I guess that's what everyone thought. But then you listen to Brendan Shanahan's press conference, and it comes out that they were very happy with him and planning on. He said he wanted to come back, but it seems like his agent maybe had. Said that he, to come back, he was going to want to bump in pay. Uh, and that, or else he might be seeking employment elsewhere. I, it was kind of weirdly odd and vague. And then that's when she, Brennan Shanahan would start thinking that there's a reality that Sheldon Keefe might not, or excuse me, excuse me uh, Kyle Dewis might not want to be a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore, which was interesting because maybe. I Reading between the lines, I think that um which honestly is it's totally his prerogative, by the way, as my own personal comments. But to me, it seems like if I'm and this is just speculation on my part, I think there's at least from top brass above the GM, obviously Brendan Shanahan, MLSE, the owners of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think there was a lot of pressure to remove uh Kyle Dubis, and I think Shanahan has fought for him time and time again, and he might've even fought for him as recently as getting ousted in the second round. And then, but then when he counters with, you have to pay me more money, I think that felt like a little bit of a knife to Brennan Shanahan. And he's like, all right, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, Kyle Dubas is out. So does that mean Sheldon Keefe is out? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, maybe whoever's GM next keeps him. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe if uh, if wherever, uh, Sheldon, excuse me, wherever Kyle Dubas goes next, maybe he will want to lure his coach, favorite coach with him. You know what I mean? Um, uh, going back to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, there's just that that pairing of GM and coach, you know, so it's worked. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, like you said, there was in Pittsburgh is looking for a president and GM um now you have to imagine like you said james kyle Dubis will be getting an interview if he does get the job will he want to bring sheldon keith with him will the mate beliefs let let him out of set contracts that was what was going on would they fire him you know what i mean uh there's a lot of moving parts but there's also i also saw a report and i forget who it was it was one Dreger, one of the insiders i think someone said something to the effect of that that the new the noise around pittsburgh and Dubas is just smoke and that he's really holding out for Ottawa. Like he'd like to be closer to home. And he thinks that's in a market where, especially if they get a new ownership, uh, yeah, he might have a little bit more leeway. You know what I mean? Cause obviously the, the, um, the, uh, Toronto's just such a tough market with the speculation, you know, with the scrutiny up there, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I, th- the only thing is though and and this is like also Rangers related and I kind of do understand a lot of people's points. It's like only one team can win the Stanley Cup. Do you like is it like it, Toronto had their obviously best year in a while winning a playoff round and it's hard to do. It you know, the East has been a gauntlet over the last few years having to deal with you know, you know, borderline dynasties like the Tampa Bay, uh, lightning. And this year, you know, the Boston Bruins having a historical year and then just, you know, facing off against just, you know, teams like the New York Rangers and, and, you know, the Islanders and their success, you know, going to, you know, uh, you know, the conference final and stuff like that. It's just like, in all in all, it just seems that, you know, what is success? So arbitrary that it doesn't mean like anything anymore. like, like, you know, Dubas is getting canned, Gallant got canned, you know, everyone's under the, you know, the, the hot seat constantly. It just seems to me that like, where do you draw the line of what's successful? And then like, why is it that, you know, these you know GMs and coaches are constantly having successful years and being let go. I mean, you know, we've broken down the Rangers situation where I, I told you someone had to be held accountable for the collapse that the Rangers had And it wasn't just losing to a higher seed. It was literally not showing up to play the game and not having an answer um, when clearly, you know, the same old, same old gameplay wasn't working. So, I, you know, I kind of understood. But, you know, looking back, I mean, I feel like even just 10 years ago, you know, if you had back to back seasons where you got over 100 points, you know, you definitely were not going to get fired. Now I feel like nobody's safe, no matter how far you go in the playoffs, unless you win the Stanley Cup and even that is like you know you know look at trots just how you know how quickly he was let go so it's just you know what is you know what is i, I don't even know what the question i'm asking is but like wh- where do all these gms and coaches go from here you know like where is the line of success like what's the end goal here so that's what i'm going to kind of leave you to to to, <laughs> to continue this point
0: yeah I mean it's tough I mean it's it's funny it seems like there's some GMs that have their jobs for life and there's some or, or and coaches and then there's some coaches and GMs that have such a short leech uh, le- me leash uh when you think about Dubis I mean and they were talking about this I believe on 31 thoughts the other or 32 thoughts whatever it is now the other day that when you think about it most GMs get uh three coaches before getting fired they inherit the they inherit the usually they usually inherit the coach of the appointed by the last gm and then when that doesn't work out they fire him and say i get to have my own guy now they get that coach and when that coach doesn't work out then they say well okay the hit, this, this approach lost the room was too soft too harsh a change of voice was needed yada 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 they get one more coach and if that doesn't go well the, then the GM gets fired, but they keep the coach because they just hired him to get give it a chance with the new GM. And, you know, the cycle thus repeats itself. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously not every team is the same. Not every owner is the same. There's some owners like Jeff Vinnick and uh, Ted Leonsis in Washington that they are passionate about their team, but they just say, I have an open checkbook and I believe and I trust the right people, but I'm not going to have my fingers in the soup. Uh, you you take care of it for me. I trust you, and that's them. And then there is uh, Jim Dolan <laughs> for the New York Rangers, who until recently, as of what five years ago, Glenn Sather had done a pretty good job at keeping Jim Dolan's you know fingers out of the pie, but uh, it it clearly had come to a head re- since uh, with the Jeff Gordon. Uh, I guess going back, snemming back to the Artemi T- Panera and Tom Wilson situation. So, you know, so I diff- obviously different, there's different scrutiny in different markets and a lot of it, some markets, it comes down to money. Some things it's more about uh, image, you know, those, like you said, there's, you've, we've seen Ottawa keep coaches because, well, we need a change, but I don't want to, you know, we're not going to spend more money. We're not going to pay the rest of this guy's contract at the same time we're paying someone else. You know what I mean? So, you know, the goalposts are different for every team. But you, your point still stands, James. It gets. It seems like executives get less and less uh, leeway in twenty twenty three. You know what I mean? It's, there's no such thing as a five year plan. No, I think the problem is some. Every now and then, you see there are some franchises that can turn their fates around really quick. They draft really well, really quickly. Um, I mean, it's people, you know, people forget Carolina had some of the best attendance in the regular season this year. And they've been a playoff team, what for the last five, six years. Right. Yeah. But before that, I mean, Carolina was basically between 2016, based what 2000 and when they won the cup in the lockout 2006, they were pretty much in squarely in Florida Panthers. Well, not now, but Florida Panthers and Arizona Coyotes territory. They were yeah. kind of a bottom feeding laughing stock. You know what I mean? But they've been able to with the whole bunch of jerk things and sustained playoff runs and always being competitive. It's really turned their fortunes around. They have some of the best attendance in the NHL. They definitely, their gates have been much better. You know what I mean? So, that's all it takes sometimes, but, uh, a lot of, the, you know, some of these franchise, uh, yeah, sometimes when turnaround is needed, uh, it's not enough. So uh, as far as, I don't know if that answered anything about, uh, Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe and as it relates to the New York Rangers, but obviously if for some reason, if Sheldon Keefe was a fired, but, uh, uh, Dubis did go to Pittsburgh and was happy to keep Mike Sullivan because he's a good coach then it would I think would the Rangers be interested in Dubas uh, excuse me uh, Sheldon Keefe yes I think they would however I think obviously if if Dubis was to get a, the Pittsburgh job he, he interviews he gets it and then wants to bring in his guy and then Mike Sullivan is available
1: the New York Rangers are calling him yesterday you know yeah. what I mean Well, that's a big one. I mean, that's a huge, uh, you know, that's a huge deal, I think, for the New York Rangers. I mean, obviously Sully was with us for a while. And, you know, he obviously had huge, um, you know, success with Pittsburgh. And he's one of those coaches that I think, I think he gets it. And, And not to say, and you know, it's different, you know, you feel good about Sullivan. If you're a Pittsburgh Penguin fan, there's no, you know, sour taste in your mouth with him. It's just almost like, well, you can see that, you know, Pittsburgh is clearly in a need for a revamp. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, you're you're, you're clearly only going to get another couple years of dominance from Crosby, hopefully a, a, only a year or two left um, I'm about done with him. And then, you know, hopefully the Penguins have to enter some sort of rebuild. And you would think that you would want a GM who is with you the entirety uh, of that process. Meaning, you know, you get the tail end of Crosby and then see if you can kind of rebuild over the next couple of years without totally blowing everything up. I would imagine you'd want your, your GM and your coach on the same page during this process. Uh, another thing I had for you, obviously, Andy, is that um, the Devils decided to sign Lindy Ruff long term, which, you know, leaves Brunette in a, a spot where. Does he want to be an assistant coach or does he want to test the waters and see what other teams uh, could offer him in terms of the head coaching position and the opportunities that will be available uh, for him? So and and I think that the Rangers would obviously be foolish to not have him in the interview process as well. So, um, yeah, just quickly your thoughts on just, you know, obviously, you know, what are the odds that the Devils, you know, You know, let go of, uh, you know, Burnett and just, you know, have him walk away after the success that the Devils had this year. I don't
0: know, man. I. It's tough. It's, we don't know. We don't know if Burnett has a clause in his contract to let him interview. uh, I see. I would
1: imagine he does. But but here's the thing. thing if
0: the Devils don't want him to do it and he does it and does not get the job, does that mean then his his job with his assistant and potentially he he's if he stays he's going to be the next it might it's not gonna be next season we know but he would potentially in the future be the next head coach in the new jersey devils with a young stack team so unless he's sure he can get the job without upsetting the hand that feeds you know what i mean it's a kind of a risk no i mean
1: i don't know it just seems like well why not just make him now the head coach?
0: Well, I think a lot of it is the success they had. Um, the, the Jack loves him. Uh, honestly, most of them loved Lindy Ruff and he seems like a nice guy. You know, well, what how I mean? could you not love your head? He's coach got, after he's got you.
1: The season yeah. Just had.
0: Yeah. But also he's got that grandpa energy. He doesn't not, doesn't seem like much of a taskmaster. You know what I mean? But, um, and look clearly, you know, Clearly, he's got them playing in a, a, a way that is akin to the modern NHL. Yes, they they're young and they've had trouble sticking to that structure throughout their playoff runs, but they were still able to get through around. You know what I mean? So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's I yeah, I guess Burnett is tough because I thought I'd read or saw, saw a tweet from Friedman basically saying that he hard for to imagine they would be the Devils would be too keen on allowing him to interview with the rangers across the river but again i don't know there has it hasn't been elaborated on further so we'll see um and it's happened before i mean chris drury was the rangers didn't let allow him to interview um it's this is not a coach it's a GM. but you know he was being groomed for the rangers job and we didn't at the time we didn't know that jeff dolan was gonna or excuse me uh that jim dolan was gonna oust Gorton and uh John Davidson but he was asked that there were teams that were asking to interview him and the Rangers said no because he's in our plans and you know obviously it's a little bit different with the original six franchise maybe it's just no matter what you you know you're getting a the the big boy chair eventually so you're said even if I have to wait a little bit longer it's worth it but uh yeah I don't know man it's um but I think it, there's a lot of possibilities out there. And on our, our, the, the last podcast uh, that I uh, flew solo. on. Oh, by the way, did your team win that roller hockey game?
1: No, we did not. Ah. We fell apart. Once again, uh, strats for guys uh, only rolling with five. I don't have the energy to be playing 90% of the game. It's just not, not in my blood right now. So um, we had two back to back games, Andy. 11 o'clock the prior night, which means I had like four hours of sleep and then I got right from work. I went to play in the 7 PM game and both nights we had five guys, just not a good mix. Uh, groin was severely shook, had had to have a good, sh- uh, stretch today. So, um, all good on that front, but yes, the, the podcast that you rip solo, I thank you for. No, no worries. But
0: on said podcast, um, I basically spoke about some of the basically coaches that are in the ring for this job. Uh, one of which, which I w- went on record as saying I was not too keen on uh, just won the Q uh, QMJHL championship with his, uh, with the Quebec ramparts and that's Patrick Wah. So that's, that's definitely going to get some steam. And you remember Patrick Wah teammates with whom way back in the day? Chris Drury on the Colorado avalanche where they won a cup together. So uh, definitely a possibility. Um, He's definitely, and I think Kevin Weeks just as, as of what a week or two ago said he was gaining a lot of interest from some, a couple of clubs and he's already got interviews pre-lined up. So we shall see. But I think at the end of the day, Sullivan is their guy. Obviously we know that Quentinville will meet with, um, Gary Bettman about being reinstated. I still don't know if the Rangers want to go in that. There's, there's a lot of heat on that. And I don't know if the Rangers are that desperate. You know what I mean?
1: He should, you know, they should just force him to coach the coyotes. (laughs) Yeah. Like honestly coach this team for the next seven years and, and that's, I think, you know, a way to pay his debts almost. It's yeah, like,
0: it's like, you're going to be moving around a lot. Don't,
1: you know, don't unpack your bags. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, the, I don't even want to talk about Quenville because I feel no, like it's, no, no. That's, it's, that's, it's and well, that's not just other, like, I don't know. And that's
0: he said when the playoffs are over. I mean, the Rangers are already, I don't know how long the Rangers want. They're going to take their time, but at the same time, it's like, you don't want to wait. You want to try to have your ducks in a row and have a process to go through. And, to to upset the apple cart because i think they said the same thing for a few other teams even like toronto like they want to
1: start this process now you know what i mean so yeah even- and and not to mention it's like listen the new york rangers if you chris drury i don't think would even consider Quinville. i just really don't i don't i just don't think he's even going to consider him i feel like there's now there's enough names there's enough and every day you feel like there's there's more you know you know ruffling of the feathers and you know there's different you know, more, you know, candidates that, you know, are more, vi- way more viable and realistic than, you know, Joel Quenville. It's just like, you don't even know if the guy's allowed to coach in the league. Like, why would he even be on a list right now? Like you have you know, Brunette's obviously, you got to, you know, definitely sniff around him. Uh Keith, obviously, Uh, uh you got to figure out what the deal is with Dubis and, and, you know, Sullivan and, you know, Knobloch. These are all guys that are going to be you know, interviewing the coach. And it's just, I don't know why you would even, if you're Drury, even have to deal with that distraction because you're right. If you're starting the process now, does that mean you're calling, you know, Bettman and being like, what do you think? Is he going to be able? Cause you know, I kind of want to have my ducks in a row. You know, this is just silly. I, that's And the, I don't know. I just feel like he's not going to be the New York Rangers coach. And I feel like the league in a sick way and like, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but they wouldn't want him in a high profile job right away. If anything, bury him and I'm serious, just bury him out in Arizona and allow him, you know, to kind of, you know, ease his way into the spotlight of coaching again, because it's just, that's where we are right now. But I don't know how you feel about that, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just, again, with this whole coaching thing, I, I kind of like where we're headed. I, I, Patrick Watt scares me a bit, but he's almost like a Quenville where I, I just don't, I won't believe it until it's like a thing. You know, it's hard to know. He could be a totally different coach than he was in his last stint with
0: Colorado where let's face it. You look at that team and uh, it wasn't very impressive on paper. And I mean, even the players that were there, like Matt Duchesne was maybe their best player at that time. You know, uh, mckinnon was still disappointing mckinnon when people were all about maybe this guy's never going to put it together as a number one pick you know what i mean which is just you know uh, obviously it's laughable in hindsight but it took him a little bit to put it together so i mean they didn't have Ranton and you know they didn't have like uh all the things they have now so um yeah so, so yeah i mean so who knows he could be you know, it, he obviously his reputation was that of the hothead
1: pulling his his. I almost like, think that that, like, that's the best part of him coming here. Is that like he'd be a hothead like he wouldn't look at like the, the New York Rangers and their star players. He wouldn't be intimidated to like lose his mind on them. Oh, yeah. Well, at this end of the day, he's got the you know, he's got multiple cups.
0: He is one of the best players at his position of all time, you know. He definitely wouldn't take shit from any of them, <laughs> because you know it's like, you know it's whatever. And if some of them, you know, oh what, Panarin, you want, uh, you just want to do your thing. It's like fuck you. I watched Peter Forsberg, you know, bleed for this team on, you know, and fit his mangled foot into a boot that didn't fit him, all because he wanted to win and lay on the line. You know what I mean? So yeah. Well, now fuck, you got me ready you. to. Yeah, now you got me ready to run through <laughs> a wall for Patrick Watts. So. <laughs> He uh, should just Patrick Waugh should just let me do his his you goddamn right he, he just stands there on the wall with his arm across chewing gum and I'm just like you know just I'm yeah. I'm getting the, the the message across but you know I mean I will say there is at first I thought there was no chance I'm gonna I'm bumping that up to a forty five percent chance it's Patrick Waugh it's Jeez. either it's either someone else or forty five percent Patrick Waugh I'm, I'm serious we'll see but. Their, yeah, the I the connection just, I, is there. <laughs> the connection is there with Chris Drury. Uh, he's coming off of a, a, an important win. You know, his team might win the Memorial Cup now. It, uh, although I look at some of the other teams, we'll see if there's a, a big chance that the Memorial Cup final could be Brennan Othman's Peterborough Pete's if they can get through. Uh, obviously, this is just right now, all these teams are in the, their respective playoffs, like the OHL playoffs, Q and, the WHL playoffs, QG, QMJHL playoffs. But there's a chance that you know he could coach his team against Brennan Othman's Peterborough Peats in the Memorial Cup final. So if he wins that, you know that's high profile win in you know. So how, uh, yeah, how I do mean, we feel about uh, Jay Pandolfo? Well, obviously, I would love a. Uh, that's that next tier of coach, w- which is really interesting, right? You, I think, I think it was said that Jay Pandolfo does not want to leave BU at this time. He's not looking to, um, he's not looking to pursue NHL employment, which I get. He just got that gig next year. He's going to have one of the most stacked BU classes. He's, uh, that, you know, the, the program has ever seen. Uh, but to your point, uh, someone like him or like Jay Leach or, but uh, we know the Rangers have been permission to speak to Spencer Carberry, uh, who is a, uh, assistant right now in Toronto. Like, those are the, at least that shows that they're thinking for all the, all the, uh, talk about, you know, experience being important, that they're willing to at least look in progressive directions. Right. Cause yeah. when, you know, at least about, uh, you know, uh, assistant coaches like Jay Leach and Spencer Carberry, that they're both of their teams employ pretty good systems. I mean, uh, Keefe, and his assistants, they their system is, they have a pretty good offensive system. You know, they they can generate goals. Obviously, when it got tough in the playoffs, it, went, it was harder to do so. But you see there is structure there. You know what I mean? Whereas the Rangers had none. And obviously, you look at the reason uh, Seattle lost is because unlike uh, Dallas, they just didn't have, you know, they had their system, but just not enough star talent. You know what I mean? But the effort was clearly there. So, you know, it's a uh, I at least appreciate the Rangers are, are looking in these places, but it'll I still think it will be tough. I, I would think one of those types of uh, a Jay Leach or, a you know, a Spencer Carver would really have to
1: blow the Rangers socks off in their interview. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and again, those are like two like they're not very sexy picks, in, in my opinion. Like you said, I mean, it's it's weird because it's like, you know at the same time, it's like, is this exactly what the Rangers need? Um, you know, are the Rangers going to go for a guy uh, that's coached under, you know, a high offense team like the Toronto Maple Leafs? And and you bring someone who can bring in a little bit of structure. It's like almost that's exactly what the Rangers need, but also, you know, a coach that lacks the, you know, authority or maybe in the locker room or something that's not used to being or having the spotlight on him and dealing with, you know, some of the egos of, you know, a team like the New York Rangers. But, you know, that's um, neither here or there.
0: Let's face it, with coffee starting at five dollars, even without the customizations and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So, a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there raycon knows that in this economy every purchase needs to be perfect they offer buy now pay later options and right now you can pay as low as 18 dollars at checkout they have an easy and free return guarantee they offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping and they have over 50,000 five-star reviews Plus, their earbuds have features such as earbud tap functions, customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistance, and more. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. You can check lines and odds for upcoming games at the DraftKings Sportsbook app and pick the bet that fits you best. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 1 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 8 Hope, New York or text Hope, New York in kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for offer details see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources is there anything we missed in terms of the coaching world uh Maybe not the coaching but there's things we missed in terms of Rangers uh yeah, surprisingly the Rangers this let what go I want to get into. Uh, their head uh, athletic trainer Jim Ramsey Rammer you know he'd been with the, the the Rangers since 1994 um 30 years with the team and he's he's let go which was a kind of a surprising um you know it it, it definitely felt shocking just because you know he he felt like an incumbent much like him and Benoit Allaire would have jobs for life but uh Yeah, I mean, kind of shocking. So what were your initial thoughts with uh, this move, James? Well, I had to make sure that it was like definitely a firing,
1: like, or, you know, actually letting it go. Well, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Well, we don't really know, unfortunately. They just said relieved, which seems interesting if he was going to retire. I mean, I think if he was going to retire. If Vince
1: was shocked, then I feel like Vince would report that there was like like Jim has was looking to part ways with the Rangers, but he has not like alluded to that at all. In fact, it was like he thought, you know, uh, Benoit Lair and, and Jim Ramsey were the two untouchables as he said in his tweet. Uh, It's just kind of shocking. Obviously I've met Jim Ramsey before. He's a hell of a guy. Awesome dude. He's been there, you know, obviously since the cup, it just seems like, you know, it just, it's a weird position to, you know, to, to kind of relieve, you know, I, obviously you can look into the, maybe the details of, you know, the Rangers and missing games, but here's a little, here's a little something for you, Andy Dove T one at Dove T one tweeted Rangers play Rangers games played in 2022, 2023. Truba 82, Fox 82, Panarin 82, Zibanejad 82, Kreider 79, Trocek 82, Goudreau 82. I don't even know if that's correct. Shesterkin, uh, well, 58 games. The Rangers, eight highest paid players missed a combined three games. I don't know if that's even 100% accurate, Andy, but here we are. We just fired our trainer. And if that's the case, that's a little weird, right? Well, so obviously, as soon as this
0: happened, speculation from the Rangers fan base because you're not going to get any answers from the organization, or maybe if if Rammer himself releases some sort of statement or talks about it. But you know, there was a lot of when that came up, because obviously everyone's trying to find a reason. So it's like, well, one thing is like, well, the Rangers seem historically they don't sit you know guys don't sit with injuries as much but that obviously leads the question um does that mean that he is rammer a little bit old school like oh you can play through that it'll be fine or whatever you know what i mean uh i think earlier this year if we're looking for reasons and i'm not saying this is because honestly uh i believe jim ramsey also had already had a a part of his title removed prior to the season where not only was he was like you know, the head of athletic trainer, but he was also their director of like sports medicine or something or, or whatever his full title was. But I think he, half of it was taken away from him or not taken away or, or whatever was given to someone else basically. So, uh, you know what I mean? So maybe Chris Drury was already in the process of phasing him out. He's like, look, the guy's been here 30 years, but you know, we're going to maybe go in a younger, fresher, more cutting, cutting edge direction, which is totally possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, that it's... might have,
0: the, the, the wheels may have been in motion. Um, but, and then, yeah, maybe it's at the same time. he's like as much, you know, Jim Ramsey is just not ready to go yet. So it wasn't going to be that, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, so, uh, but at the same time, it's you know we remember the weirdness with the Lindgren situation and why he wasn't put on LTIR, and the Rangers were really cap were really fucked by that. You know, they were cap scratch when if they just put him on LTIR, they wouldn't have to jump through all the hoops. They would have had hell. They maybe would have had some more money to play with. Is that is, is a Ramsey- misdiagnosis by Jim Ramsey? He is yeah. your he is your medical professional, your medical trainer. You know what I mean? So I mean, and again, you don't want to. This is all speculation. You don't want to slander anyone's. If you don't know what happened, you don't want to like say this is why. But you know, I think obviously this is just some of the conversations that seem to be happening within the Rangers fan sphere about just trying to find out maybe a reasoning if it's not simply they're just it's time they're looking
1: to go in a younger fresher direction. You know, well, what I, mean? I have my, I have my best guy on it, so okay, we'll, we'll get something. I love that. Yeah, we can. Yeah. I won't uh, reveal who say or how. say no mas. I'll tell you after the podcast. But I can't wait.
0: Okay, but yeah, but we'll we have say, our say best no guy out there. Say no more. We boots on the, the ground. The Broadway Boys podcast uh, <laughs> has uh, has their ways of getting information. Um, yeah. yeah. So other than that, oh, other Rangers really. Philip Heedle has a, a broken uh, cheekbone. He suffered a broken cheekbone in his first game <laughs> at the World Championships and had to go home. So. <laughs> Boy,
1: oh boy. And that tweet was a hell of a tweet. Did you translate it? Or not a tweet, uh Instagram post. Yeah, yeah, I did and it, it was funny cuz obviously lots lost in right language but oh, it was, yeah. the was
0: the effect was is like you know, first off wanted to thank fans for their support <laughs> this season like uh the New York Rangers which it basically the way it sounded and I don't know if it, it was intentional is like is like you know, we the Rangers, we were knocked off too early is what i'm still annoyed at by the yeah, way yes, yes very funny like, which i think i think in maybe in a native translation or native you know if native uh his native language that it, it probably makes more not that's not funny but it's like i don't think he meant it as like like oh uh, as i'm still steamed at that by uh, of course but you know what i mean it was just a, it was probably unless he was very funny which would be very funny
1: um, yeah, I mean, listen. If it was a, it's just a funny way to even. I just feel like it got lost in translation. But it, I mean, if he meant to actually say it that way, I mean, again, obviously, you know, we don't speak his native language, so yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, I don't speak like, Czech, but he's you know still saying,
0: um, you know, not basically saying it's like I'm still you know upset by that. By the way,
1: it just threw me off guard to even read that right off the bat. Because I wanted, to, I thought he was going to address like him getting hurt and the, the whole tournament, having to leave. It sucks, but he threw in like the Rangers bit, you know. But yeah. uh, it was funny. Yeah,
0: but he's okay. Uh, he will be ready for training camp. No, no problems there. But obviously, if a guys got a broken bone in their face. Probably don't let them play at the the World
1: Championship. So,
0: uh, yeah, it's a re- real shame. Not that I see the Czech team doing much uh, in the World Championships. But, no, uh, but uh,
1: Team USA first time since 2018 to go si- start the tournament six and zero. I know, which is not good.
0: <laughs> <for them. laughs> I've seen this story. USA does well when they look like shit, and then they have to have a come to or like a reckoning moment. Uh, you look at Switzerland. What a wagon, huh? It's crazy. I mean, obviously, you know they got players like Heischer and Siegenthaler, but I uh, and I was just you know watching a you know watching the Finns almost lose to italy or excuse me france the other day i was like you know you have to really and we've been talking about this that the parity amongst these world countries is gonna they're gonna get better and better you know what i mean well especially we, in like these tournaments where it's it's not like not truly best on best you know what i mean right so it's like get, but it's like it just goes to show you that like i think sometimes there's this belief that if you're like you know Oh, it's like if I put a fourth a team of fourth liners and they could they could beat any in the NHL, they could beat any team you put in front of them as long as they weren't comprised of and of they were all non NHLers. It's not necessarily the case. I mean, you think about it, the big eye surface is they're more used to it. It's their surface. You know what I mean? And and uh just yeah, there's some there's talent out there, man. I mean, yeah, some teams have very limited supply of it. I mean, hell, you look at Finland right now and they have what, three NHLers? Or four, yeah. maybe. Um, I think I have four. That's it. But um, cool. yeah, just it's just in tournaments like this that can be all make all the difference, you
1: know? Yeah, no, it's it's pretty crazy, and it's just a, it's not even just a, like they're just winning games. They're they're not giving up any goals. Swiss, like I think their first three games were shutouts. Oh boy! Sorry. And they've only given up two in the other two games, so it's insane! It's insane what they're doing. Um, yeah, so it, it's just, or the other three games, they only give up two, so they don't give up any goals. Um, yeah, it's just, this tournament's pretty wild. I don't know. I feel like we got a good mix of like random countries. It's not the same old, same old. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of pleased with how this is going, especially obviously the U.S. being six and oh, so we'll see. We'll see where we go from here, Andy. Um, when are the... Uh, I think the U.S. plays Sweden next, and that is the 23rd. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't even know what day it is today. The 21st. So they play on Tuesday uh, against Sweden. So, uh, yeah. Wh- what were you saying before? No, I was just as you're saying this. I read something from
0: Larry about how uh, he the the New York Post has learned that Coyotes multiple Coyotes players. File complaints with the players association during the season about substandard travel, lodging and logistical issues that were in violation of the CBA. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's Which... over. It's, if it's over. Uh, and, and I'll say this, like, I feel really bad for coyotes fans. I don't think this is on them. I don't think there's any reason the coyotes should have failed. It's, it's at the long, at the end of the day, they have not had a competitive team there for going on two decades, right? It's just, you were there long enough. It's just, it's a failure. It doesn't, you know, there's, it's players want to to live in a nice climate, dry climate where they can play golf all the time and drive to the rink. You know what I mean? Like, they love it there. It's just, the organization doesn't treat their players well enough, obviously, because they don't have the money to spend. Um, And it's just, it's, I don't know if that plays into it, but it, you, you have to imagine it might, you know, it's like it's you're going to run through the wall for a, a logo of a team that like, you know, yeah. That, that every morning uh Shane Doan has to stop at Dunkin. This is real, has to stop at Dunkin Donuts and get like bagels and munchkins for the team. <laughs> and then you get traded to the, the, the Keith Yandel story about getting traded to the Rangers is hilarious. Have you ever heard it? Uh, I feel like I have, but I want you to tell it again. All right. Well, it's something. It's basically. I won't make it long. He basically said, you know, I get traded to the Rangers from the Coyotes, and he's like, you know, I was used to Shane Doan stopping at Dunkin' Donuts. He's like, I get picked up. Um, I'm I'm like looking at the logistics of it. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not playing tonight. And they're like, no, you're playing tonight. And it's like, okay. He's like, I fly in to, from whatever uh, to Laguardia or, or or JFK or or Newark, I think actually i fly flying in Newark and I'm looking at the traffic on my phone. I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't, maybe I'm mixed. They want me to play in the second period. He's like, there's a helicopter waiting for me. It like, you know, <laughs> folds it down, got two attendants. They get me on. I open it up and there's immediately like bottles of San Pellegrino and all the candy bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, yeah. I'm coming from, like I said, Shane, don't, he says, you know, that, that first week or a few weeks, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the, whatever, we're at the training facility at practice. We're at the nutrition table just eating and, you know, the, the chef's there. And I just kind of say, oh man, you know, you'll be sweet if we had like a smoothie bar. He's like, I show up, you know, he's like, we go on the road, we come back from a road trip. Next thing I know there's a fully stocked like smoothie bar. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was just like such a, he's like, it was crazy. It was like whiplash, you know? But I mean, yeah. Uh, But uh, to get back to my original point, it's like, it's, it's over. It's when is enough enough? You know what I mean? It's, it's just and it's on it's unfair fortune cuz there's are a lot of passionate coyotes fans it's not on them obviously it's not like they weren't fans enough it's just it's literally on the people that have owned the team with the, every single owner of this team for the last whatever since its inception just not putting up just not doing what they had to do either whether it was spending money or spending it shrewdly enough cuz listen carolina there's a lot of sub carolina is a sub cap team but they were smart and once they finally said okay You know, Tom Dunn buys a team and says, we're going to, we're not going to spend money, too much money on defensemen and all this other stuff. But they invested heavily into the areas that you had to analytically to get the competitive advantage money ball style and the money
1: they did spend. They spent it wisely. Coyotes have not done that. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's tough. I mean, you look at even just like teams that have been up against the, you know, you know Pittsburgh obviously was you know threatening to have to move and they were failing as an organization and you know they you know, obviously got Sidney Crosby and they were able to kind of turn the tables. You know Florida Panthers, if you look at the ups and downs that they've had as an organization, you know the laughing stock of the league with you know looked like thirty people in the stands, but here they are playing in you know the Eastern Conference Final up two games to none. It's just you know it, there are there are ways to get out of it. And I just feel like constantly the Coyotes get in their own way, whether it's, you know, drafting, you know, uh, or what you know, obviously drafting, you know, uh, uh, I forget the kid's name, but, you know, obviously he wasn't able to play. That was a waste of a pick. And then um, what they interview and bring in a couple guys for um, the not tryouts, but just kind of doing physicals with them. And that was a violation, so they had to forfeit picks. It's like you're already like struggling to just get by. You can you have to be perfect everywhere else in the in the areas that you can be perfect in. And you know, it just seems like they were never doing anything to help themselves get better. And they constantly, you know, screwing things up. And, you know, I thought, you know, there was a few teams where even this year, it's just like You have players that are available, but like the chicken thing, like, are you holding on to him? Were you, you know, looking to build around him? Were you looking to trade him away? Like literally nobody knew for two seasons, whether what what they were going to do with this player. And then, you know, they finally, you know, get rid of him, And it just kind of was like, meh, I don't know. It just seems like everything that they do, it's just wrong. And, you know, that that's ownership. And management, and I don't blame Coyotes fans for not, you know, being eager to to show up or show support. It's just exhausting. I mean, I'm exhausted as a Rangers fan, and we've had success in terms of the regular season. So, God knows what it feels like to be a Coyotes fan, but it just, I don't know, man. I root for that. They have the ability to turn the table, but I, I don't have any faith in them. And I agree with you that it this experiment has to be done. It's over. So uh where would they go if they move, Andy? Um Houston. Well, yeah, I mean, you could see Houston.
0: Um Kevin Weeks has kind of been beating the drum for Atlanta to get another crack at it. You know it's, what I mean? It's the east. You got to keep the team
1: west. Yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking. Yeah.
1: Um, Omaha? Do a Nebraska. I know they do well with the Lancers there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh I still you know,
0: I don't know, man, it's tough i I still could see it being a team in the east, I know they would want to keep it, but I don't know if if there are anyone is far along enough um I mean, look, Quebec has been clamoring to have another their another team forever now, you know what I mean, so it could be them, but um, yeah, I mean i right now it seems like houston and and Houston seems like the most likely destination, but I wouldn't put it past you know. What? Who was fucking? Who was it? What football player was saying? Um, who on Twitter? What am I thinking of?
1: Not JJ um, Watt.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, oh, wasn't it Mahomes saying? Um, was it Mahomes?
1: Oh, saying Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, Kansas City. You know.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, no. yeah Chiefs, Patrick Holmes want the Coyotes to move to Kansas City.
1: Why not? That would be great. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be fun. I like, I, again, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's like Quebec. I don't want the Quebec. I
0: don't. Mean I mean, Kansas you know. City Scouts all those years ago, they had a, a hockey team. So the hockey, it's, there is a
1: built in. Well, the Chiefs uh, are named after the hockey team. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, would you go Kansas City, uh, Kansas City Scouts? the only problem is, I'll say this now, is that
0: it's one thing for these organizations that are like, no, it's like, you know, it's like they have they refuse to drop their adoptive heritage, you know what I mean? It's like... Oh, they'll go to Coyote still? No, it's more, I just think that they would probably love to do the scouts if uh it wasn't cultural appropriation at the end of the day and their logo wasn't like a big scout like a, a like an indian scout like raising
1: their finger oh i them. didn't even look at it i i didn't even envision i don't even know what the logo looked like yeah i think it's when I you said scouts I, I was thinking more along the lines of like uh an
0: army i believe the kansas city scout. scouts is an indian on a horse like holding their their hand the, uh, that oh, is it the arrow no, it's, it's uh-huh. a, it's a, it's, it's cause remember the Kansas city scouts became the New Jersey devils. So it's, I believe the logo is a red circle in the circle is the out, like an outline of an Indian sitting on a horse and excuse me, a native American sitting on a horse with their like hand holding, you know, like they're scouting ahead. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, And that oh, oh, says Casey. Oh. So it's one thing if it's like, well, we can't not be the Kansas city Chiefs. Sorry. It's like, we've been around too long, but there's no way in chance in hell they're going to let you in 2020 i'm all
1: about fresh names though
0: and like me let's, too let's, i i let's yeah me too i don't want them to be the candidates. but season.
1: we can't go down the hole we can't do guardians we can't do whatever the washington football team is now the commanders I, we can't do like something lame like that it needs to be like i don't know it's it, Maybe next podcast, we've each come up with a name for Kansas City. Sounds good. We'll, we'll reconvene on the next podcast. Because I can't think of one off the top of my head. I got to I gotta look. Um, yeah. So, you got anything else? Nope. Uh,
0: as we finishing this podcast, uh, Vegas has won game two in overtime. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, anything. Thoughts on either series? Obviously, what can you say about the Hurricanes except Matthew Kachuk will not be denied? Team of destiny, Florida Panthers. Uh, Barkov with probably the grossest goal I've ever seen in a playoff game. <laughs> like he's playing sh- like pickup shinny hockey. You know what I mean? It.
1: It's. Listen, I. I'll say this. I don't know necessarily if I believe in true teams of destiny but it really does seem like the Florida Panthers are on some sort of mission and they took their failures last year to heart. And I think you mix in the core that you had last year, failing, you know, winning the president's trophy and kind of failing. And then you come into this year and, you know, it took a while for them to kind of get a feel for things, obviously bringing in some big, huge new faces, I think, you know, for them, you know, they had a lot of, you know, they had a right to have a chip on their shoulder. And now the league is paying the price. You know, everyone's paying the price. Every person that counted them out, every person who said, you know, you know, Kachuk, you know, should have just stayed in Calgary or, you know, he wasn't good enough or, you know, the Florida Panthers, you know, it's over. Like, you know, it's just not going to work. I mean, I just feel like they're shoving it right in everybody's face, and they're kind of playing for each other. Um, Vegas, my Vegas and Dallas is weird. I just feel like no one wanted to talk about Vegas, like they were a one seed. They, you know, everyone just wanted McDavid and Drysital, and and understandably, it was just like no, they're the best. They're they're gonna win. And just nobody, they're just humming along. They're doing exactly what they did all season long. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's honestly, you know, one of the more impressive this Florida and Vegas have impressed me more than any other team that I can remember in the playoffs. It's just, yeah, not just because of how good they're playing the caliber. It's just like how they're just chugging along, like getting the job done, like, I don't know. I just feel like, and I'll say
0: this neither not to cut you off, but neither team is perfect. I mean, right. I've been watching Mark Stahl do Mark Stahl things all over the ice, but you know what the difference is, is I've also seen Mark Stahl do some pretty good things. I'm like, wow, who's that? I'm like, Mark Stahl made that pass. Mark Stahl <laughs> is, is corrupt down to get in front of the net. So, you know, I think those teams, you know, they have good and listen, it's just, it's just, it's sometimes it's, it's people hate to admit this, but it's luck. I mean, on paper i think you could argue that uh paul maurice has had better better rosters on paper in winnipeg than he does in this current panther squad although maybe maybe he never had two two, two players quite the caliber of um kachuk peak of his powers and barkov peak of his powers but that being said You know, he, some of those Winnipeg teams were an absolute murderer's row of talent, but they just couldn't get it done. You know what I mean? They had Alebuck, who's a hell of a goaltender, you know, but luckily for them, Barkov playing out of his mind. Uh, Or excuse me. So, I mean, Bobrovsky playing out of his mind. Kachuk literally moving heaven and earth to be effective and make things happen. Barkov playing some of the best hockey of his career. Right now, he's probably at the, that he's in the tip of his prime, maybe the peak of his prime. Um, you have excellent, excellent depth with players like Duclair and Reinhardt and uh, Anton Lundell and Carter Verhage. You know what I mean? They just that Montor looks amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, they and they Ekblad and they've finally taken the pressure of being the number one guy off of him Cause it's going to be Montour. Now you push him down and now he's just a lot more comfortable eating minutes that are much more palatable to him. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, cats, like you said, it's hard to ever say who, there's a team of destiny, but they have that feeling. They just don't No Moment is too big for them. Uh, but Rofsky is playing the best hockey I've ever seen him play. Um, and yeah, it's, they're getting it done. Whereas. I just, you know, and Vegas, I think the Vegas, Vegas and Dallas looks like a much closer series to me because at least offensively, it seems like the the Canes, yes, they're generating a lot of shots, but it's the same shit. It's like they can't get to the house and it's all they're spamming a bunch of low quality shots and hoping it goes in if someone can buzz the net at the right time, like they did on that first goal you know what i mean it's just not enough they just need to try to mix it up with enough skill but they don't have like i mean they're hurt you know what i mean it's it's like aho
1: can't do it all himself you know what i mean so it it's just yeah again and you're running into a team that's like they're not perfect but holy shit did they ever make you pay if you make a mistake and that like these teams are they just Like I said, they just fucking get the job done. Like, there's no excuse. Like, someone just fucking steps up. And most of the time, it's one of their stars. You know, and it's just, you know, Barkov scoring that goal. You know, you don't think that ignites the entire bench. You don't think fucking, you know, I want Panarin to score that goal. You don't think he would light the fire up under our bench if he scored a goal like that. It's just, you know, this is the shit that, you know, you watch. This is why the NHL playoffs are so great is because... It doesn't matter what your roster looks like. It doesn't matter where you finished in the regular season. You know, you see, you know, you see what Vegas is doing as a top seed. You see what Florida is doing as a bottom seed. And they, they, you just get guys, a collective group of guys that are on the same page and they just fucking get the job done. There's no excuses. They're not, they don't pout when they're down. They claw back in. If they're down a goal, they get the next one. It's just it's inspiring hockey. It's playoff hockey. It's what you want your team to be. And, you know, I hope I pray that the New York Rangers are watching this and seeing like this fucking roster is doing this when we had, you know, arguably way better talent than the Florida Panthers. You know, and we failed. It's like, yeah, it just it shows you, you know, when you're all on the same page and you're all, you know, you know, moving towards the same goal, anything can happen. So, um yeah it's just it's unbelievable and you know florida let's just say florida vegas and the stanley cup final i can guarantee you there wasn't a bracket that had those two teams not one maybe john tapper because i could see him just picking florida and then vegas obviously is his team so who knows no um yeah i I, again what are your thoughts on on both like just you know both of these teams now up 2-0 yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, I, like I said, I think I think the dallas Vegas series, definitely much closer than, uh, although I know it's been over time the last two games. Yeah. But I think ultimately when I look at who's pushing the pace more, in, in, at least in the uh, Canes-Panthers series, it's the Panthers. You know what I mean? And they're playing just good enough defensively for it to stand up. You know what I mean? So. They're happy. They'll they'll go to overtime every game and when things get even tighter and it becomes a a battle of attrition. But I, you know, I think it's I think it, they're playing. I think that they're playing a team that has enough ice in their veins right now to play that game. You know what I mean? Because obviously any other team right now, I would say in a oh, we're just going to play tight hockey until one of us gets too tired and makes a dumb mistake. Yeah, you want Carolina. You take Carolina almost all day in those sorts, sorts of situations. but. The Panthers are just there. You know what I love about them is that, and it's kind of, it. it's funny. It makes me kind of think about the Rangers in a way. It's like we have a goaltender playing out of his mind. We're probably going to give up a good amount. Um. So why not just push the offense all the time? You know, I think you look at the adjustments to make this more about the Rangers. You look at the way in Hartford, how um Knobloch changed their, it wasn't working for them. And they were out of a playoff spot, so he just changed up the system, said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take the reins off, let them push for more offense. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they became a wagon down the stretch. Yes, they got ousted in the third third round, but they had a nice little run. You know what I mean? For a team that was going to miss completely. So, uh, yeah, they're just, if you have a goaltender who's hot, just play and just keep playing with house money. And I mean, how how many games have the Panthers won in a row now in the playoffs? Is it six, five, five or six? Yeah, they and lost the, to. They haven't. They, they lost one game to to Toronto. To Toronto, was that game two? Because they won game one. I think they lost game. No, four, right? they
1: were up three. three0 They lost game four to Toronto. Ah, uh, that's right. So they've won five. They won game five, and now they're up two. So they've only won three in a row. But they've they're what eight and one on our last. Yeah, insanity. It's nuts. Bobrovsky
0: out of his mind yeah they're nine and one since nine and one and remember they were losing to Boston in game four yeah and they came back so
1: uh yeah I mean also what's the record of consecutive playoff games going to overtime Mm. I'm sure it's Uh. something stupid back in like 1952 where there was like 20 games in a row but whatever we got four games in a row of playoff hockey um, or I'm playoff gonna, overtime see hockey see if i
0: can look it up
1: uh consecutive yeah. playoff overtimes in a single series they'll probably only do it pr- through series because yeah uh
0: oh so in so you're right james in 1950-51 season uh montreal and toronto uh five of their overtime games went to overtime Okay. They're tied with the the uh 2012 2011 Chicago Blackhawks and and the Coyotes at the time Phoenix. Uh and then in six, 2016 17 the uh um the Washington Capitals and the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. So. And then everything oh, it's God. four That's... on down. Um yeah, the Rangers and the Bruins, four of their series games went to overtime against the Bruins 1938 so that got that going for him wasn't born so don't remember that one (laughs) yeah exactly so uh but yeah i mean uh, again it's usually nine times out of ten i would be comfortable taking in a war of attrition i would usually be comfortable taking um the the carolina hurricanes but not this you know not this uh not this cats team who just has ice in their veins and And that's the thing when you keep winning that much, it's almost like the pressure. I don't want to say the pressure goes away, but you could just, it just frees you. You're not gripping your stick as hard. You go down, you, you lose the, whatever you give up the first goal. You don't really care. You're like, Oh, we've done it before. We can do it again.
1: You know what I mean? It just kind of snowballs. Yeah. And you just, this is it, man. This is like, it's momentum. It's, you know, playing the right way. And It's the knowing that, and we've been there as Ranger fans, where even like last year, you just kind of always felt like they were always going to stick around. You know, maybe not the playoffs, but the Rangers last year in the regular season, it was just, you know, you never felt like they were out of it. You never felt like they always found a way to battle back. And, you know, if you can catch that, you know, that feeling, that energy, that, you know, momentum, if you can catch that in the playoffs, you're going to be a dangerous team, no matter who you are or where you were seated. So yeah, no, it's exciting stuff. And, and, you know, I mean, I don't want neither series to be a sweep. I am rooting for the Panthers and I am rooting for the Dallas stars, but um, at the end of the day, I think we just want, you know, to maximize how much hockey we have left and take us, you know, deeper into the, uh, into the summer. So um, anything else before we wrap it up, I'll let you, you know, take it away here. Uh, No, this was a, Man, this went longer than I thought. We had more to talk about
0: than I thought for a, a team that hasn't done jack shit <laughs> since getting eliminated. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're, James, we're getting ever closer to the draft. So it'll be fun in the next few weeks and so maybe we took a look at some uh, some draft targets for the Rangers. Um, like I said, only one Cabo Kaka remains. We'll see how the rest of his and Finland's World Championship goes. I mean, they have an okay record. I'm not too impressed with their team. But, I mean, it's been a slog for them to produce goals, period. I mean, obviously, outside of, like, one game where against, I forget who they opened it up against. I think they eventually ended up opening it up against uh, France, but after a pretty close first two periods. But, yeah, for him and and Rantanen, it hasn't been total domination. I think it's just kind of, again, I've, I've been much maligned how Yuka Yulon and their coach just refu- has to spread everything out and refuses to, like, power stack his players especially when they there's clearly some discrepancies in the talent on the, the wings but you know we continue to monitor him he still looks good he still makes stuff happen with the puck every time he's got it so that's good um you could have more points but story of his life um and yeah well i guess uh, you have to imagine now with the dubison uh, news this week we're going to start hearing about we already heard about spencer carberry we'll hear more about interviews that the rangers are conducting as tight of a ship as the new york rangers are and as chris drury runs uh rumors will come out i'm sure elliot will say such and such interviewed with the rangers or the rangers have permission to talk to this person so it should be interesting so uh yeah we'll talk about all that and we'll see you all on thursday so everyone uh enjoy this week the weather should be real nice